Amen. We're thankful for the opportunity to serve in Quebec, and it's really a privilege. As I mentioned in Sunday school, serving the Lord is never something dull. It's always a joy to serve the Lord, and we're so thankful for the opportunity and thankful that you've given us the opportunity to come and share our burden for Quebec with you, and we appreciate that you'll be praying for us. If you have your Bibles, open up to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. We're going to look at a passage regarding the truth tonight. I hope your hearts have been encouraged already to be in church. I know it's been a blessing to be with you here today, and I feel like we've already had a message tonight. That testimony was such an encouragement, brother. Thank you for that, and praise the Lord. That's, that's wonderful, and I hope, I hope you learned something from, from even that testimony. That was encouraging and blessing. The truth is important, is it not? We live in a world where a lot of people don't seem to care for the truth. And we talk about revival, and I'm thankful to hear of revival services that are taking place next week, and we were just up at Faithway Baptist Church, and they're having a revival service coming up as well, and revival is something that is important, and I think it's really surrounding the truth. The idea of revival, too, often is is not the, the outward show, it's not evangelism, it's not people getting saved, that's a result of revival. Revival is getting back to seeing who we are before Christ and confessing and getting right with God, and it's coming on on the truth. And I think we need a revival of truth in this world. I saw a lot of examples over the past few years that really made me me think about, about this, and I have some, a lot that have added over the years, but probably the most comical, and we'll start on a comical note, that way we can all be happy before we move forward. Someone did a, a, a video, and they were going to drive through getting a Tim Hortons coffee or something, and they're like, you know what, you can find anything on Google nowadays. And he did an example, and he Googled, does coffee help your eyesight? And studies have shown that drinking X amount of cups of coffee a day can improve your eyesight. And so he said, okay, Google, hopefully that didn't activate anyone's phone. Is coffee make you go blind? Oh, studies have shown that drinking too much coffee can help make you go blind. Well, what's the truth? Does it help your eyesight or not? And that's a silly illustration just to say, what's true anymore? We live in such a society where truth is relative and there is no truth. And even your perception, you know, can be uncertain. You look at Hollywood and some of the stuff coming from Hollywood and just how they twist reality. And what's true anymore in this world? I'm telling you right now, we don't need political truth. We don't need societal truth. We need the truth that's found in this book. And that's where the truth is. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. This is the only truth in the world. Hey, think of history as an example. And all the scientists that had their bright ideas. And then, oh, never mind. It actually lines up with what the Bible told us all along. Big surprise. The Bible is true. We need to get back to the truth. Adrian Rogers said, if you take part of the truth and try to make that part of the truth all the truth, then that part of the truth becomes an untruth. And think about even the the testimony and, and talking about salvation. We looked at Sunday school this morning about belief and people have a part of the truth. Oh, I believe. And as was accurately put forth, the devils believe and tremble. They have a part of the truth. But if they only have a part of the truth and not all the truth, it's not the truth. It's an untruth. We live in a day in which the truth has never been more hated and slandered or more desperately needed. Think about it. Stating the truth is insensitive. And, and it, it is so hard to look at the things in society where people deny the truth that a man can say he's a woman and go in a swimming competition and get praised for being the best sw- swimmer in the women's league. And you state the truth that, well, that's a man and you're, oh, How dare you say that? Think of how ridiculous that is. But that's the world we live in. 
The world will scream at us and sometimes literally scream at us that truth is relative. Truth is absolute. But when we state things that they don't agree with, well, it's relative to us. Maybe we'll say, well, we're, we're dangerous. We're wrong. And I want to start, before we get too deep, to, to remind us, as often I have to remind myself, the Bible says to speak the truth in love. Just follow the advice of George Bernard Shaw. If you want to tell people the truth, make them laugh. Otherwise, they'll kill you. But truly, we need the truth. We need to learn from our Savior who was full of grace and truth. We're going to look at the truth tonight, and I'm going to ask you, will you stand for the truth in this day and age? We're going to see in 2 Timothy chapter 4, four aspects of the truth we need to understand. We'll read starting in verse number 1. It says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Let's open tonight in a word of prayer before we get started. Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity to look at your word. And Lord, I pray that truly tonight you'd be the speaker. You'd be the, through the Holy Spirit that would speak to hearts. Lord, we need to see you do a work in our midst. And Lord, it won't come by, by my means. Lord, only if, as you speak. And I pray you'd be with me tonight. Be with this message. And Lord, may you touch our hearts to stand for the truth in this day we live in. To get back to your word and to live the truth of your word. Lord, would you bless the message and receive the honor and glory tonight. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to see firstly tonight regarding the truth that the truth cannot be declined. You might look at that and you think, well, I see a lot of people in society that decline the truth and we're going to bring this full circle through the message. Just stick with me tonight. But we see first the truth cannot be declined. Paul here in writing scripture is speaking to Timothy and he's giving him a charge. As you know, if we were to look at verses 6 and on, I'm now ready to be offered the time of my departure is at hand. It's the end of his life, and he's giving one last charge to his, as he calls him, the son, his son in the faith. He's giving him a challenge. And if you look, we'll look a bit later, some context at chapter 3. He talks about how Timothy, as a young man, knew the Scripture from a child, verse 15 of chapter 3, that was known the Holy Scriptures. And he's talking about the Bible, and he says, and in regards to all of this, we'll look more at the context in a bit, I charge thee therefore. I'm giving you a charge, Timothy. I'm, I'm telling you the, the last thing I want to give you as advice. And this is a challenge we see tonight. But we see he starts by saying, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at it. It says, who shall judge the quick and the dead that is appearing in his kingdom. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming soon. And for us believers, he's coming to receive his bride unto himself. But for the lost, he's coming in judgment. And that's something, to, you know, maybe we shy away from sometimes. And, and again, we need to be careful to have the balance of grace and truth and speak the truth in love. But at the end of the day, we can't hide from the fact that God is coming to judge the lost. And I was thinking, and I'll, I'll try to tie this together, of an example we saw in the message this morning of Pharaoh. And to, to think, the people, you, you ever meet people that say, well, I would believe in the God of the Bible, but he was just, you know, they were out killing people and killing the, 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 the Canaanites and, oh, he was a God of war. Think of Pharaoh. He had 10 times to see the truth. 
He had 10 opportunities to say, and I think that was wonderfully brought, brought out this morning, how perhaps there were some Egyptians that believed. Pharaoh had 10 opportunities. And finally, at the Red Sea, hey, judgment came. The truth cannot be declined. And that's what we're talking about tonight, that there is a judgment coming. There is a penalty for sin. And we want to not shy away from the opportunity to give the invitation tonight. Perhaps if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, as was mentioned, would you come to accept him? The Bible says that there's none righteous, no, not one, and the wages of sin is death. There's a punishment coming for those that do not accept Jesus Christ. There's no escape of it. And we're not... When Christians, as we share that, and if you're not saved tonight, we don't share that to to hold it over your head or or to hound you over it, but to say, hey, there's freedom in the truth. There's hope. And and as the testimony was shared, that lady that just had hope and had joy, and that's what God wants for you. That's why God sent his only son into the world to save sinners. He commended his love towards us. That means he demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's why we share the truth. Think of the illustration. If someone's on a train track, and there's a train coming. You don't tell them to get off the train track because you hate them. Well, you don't want me to walk on the train track? I can do what I want to do. Now, think of how ridiculous that illustration is, but you want to save them, and that's, that's what we're talking about with the truth tonight. There's a judgment coming, and we want, God wants to save you. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Oh, if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, would you not leave this building without talking to someone? How you could know for sure that you're going to heaven. Facts do not cease to exist because they are ignored. And there's so many in this world that want to ignore it, but the truth cannot be declined. If you install a software program on your computer, you get to that annoying little checkbox, I accept and agree to the conditions. You don't read them anyway. But if you, if you don't click that box, you can't install the program. There's, there's, no, there's no option. There's no plan B. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, it says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At the end of the day, the truth cannot be declined. Oh, if you haven't accepted the truth, would you come tonight? Would you come to the altar if the invitation is given? Or would you seek someone after the service and come to find the peace and the freedom that's in the truth? Because the truth cannot be declined. And again, I look at the illustration of of Pharaoh and some people say, well, the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart and we're not going to look deep into that. We don't have the time. But again, the thought that he had 10 opportunities. He had, he had a chance. And think of the grace of God and the mercy of God in that story. And tonight, you've been given another chance. Oh, don't deny, don't fail, because you cannot decline the truth. A couple of hunters chartered a plane to fly to the Canadian wilderness. And two weeks later, when the pilot came to pick them up, he saw the two animals they had bagged and said, I told you I could only take you and one moose. But they insisted and said, well, last time... The other pilot let us take two moose. So hesitantly, the pilot said, okay, if you did it before, I guess we can do it again. So the two moose and the hunters were loaded in the plane and it took off. But because of the weight, it rose with difficulty and couldn't clear a hill. Well, after the crash, the men climbed out, looked around, and one said to the other, where are we anyway? His companion surveyed the scene and said, "Eh, I think we got about half a mile than we did last year. You can't decline the truth. And we're here 
Because of the truth. Because the truth, secondly, must be declared. Verse 2, it says, preach the word. As Paul gives the charge, he says, Timothy, there's judgment coming. You can't escape it. Just preach it. Declare the truth. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. The truth must be declared. And we looked this morning in Sunday school. We need laborers. Hey, we need people in this world that will declare the truth. And as our brother here shared with that lady, hey, bad news, people might not like you. You you might be hated for it. Hey, you might get publicly slandered. Hey, preach preach the truth. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Let me tell you, we've had a couple out of season times this past few years. But that doesn't negate our job and the Great Commission to, to make disciples teaching them and baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Going into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The Lord didn't say that and then said, well, unless this happens, in that case, I mean, figure it out. No. Hey, preach, preach the word. He says in, in verse 14 of chapter number 3, but continue thou in the things that thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Hey, just get up and preach the word. Get up and preach the truth. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We looked at Sunday school. Just preach Jesus. Just share Jesus with this world. We need the truth. And hey, we talked about some of the examples of things we see that just disgust us of of people that don't want to believe that a man's a woman, a woman's a man. We're not going to fix that with political truth. We're not going to fix that with scientific truth. It all comes back to the truth of the word of God. And it comes back to preach the word. Oh, I'm tired with my society. I'm tired with the school system. I'm tired with what I see in our world. Hey, preach the word. That's what sets us free. That's what brings us back to revival. That's what fixes the problems in this world. The truth. As was referenced this morning in John 16, Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. George Orwell said, In a time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Hey, we need some, some revolution. Not a revolutionary war, but we need people who will be, if you will, oh, what's the word? Extremists for the truth. And hey, we're looked at as, as weird. Hey, that's okay. We're not, we're not going to change the world or see revival by being like everyone else. We got to be extreme. And not, that doesn't mean weird. We're already weird, okay? Get, get, just get that out there. We're all weird. It's okay. But we stand on the truth. Adrian Rogers said, it's better to be divided by the truth than to be united in error. It is better to speak... Now, I have to pause every time I read this next part. Listen, listen closely. I'll say it twice. It is better to speak the truth that hurts and then heals than falsehood that comforts and then kills. Man, think about that. You're a sinner on your way to hell. Ouch. Man, that hurts. Hey, but it's to tell you that there is hope. Isn't that better than telling people, it's okay, just go your own way, live your truth, and then to wake up in hell? It is better to speak the truth that hurts and then heals 
than falsehood that comforts and then kills. It is better to be hated for telling the truth than to be loved for telling a lie. It is better to stand alone with the truth than to be wrong with the multitude. It is better to ultimately succeed with the truth than to temporarily succeed with a lie. Oh, would you pray for laborers in our day and age today? Would you pray for young men, for old men, for for men that would preach the word, that would declare the truth, for men that would be the next generation of pastors in this country, the next generation of missionaries, And I'm so thankful for the Americans that have come. And I don't say to any American that comes to Canada, don't come. We need Americans, but we need Canadians in our country. To think of the the past two years and to see so many that have gone back to the States and for, for valid reasons. Hey, family comes before ministry. Family always comes before ministry. And to see people that have had to leave back to the States for their family, it's understandable. But I I pray that we'd see more Canadians that won't have to go back to their home country because this is their home country. Will you pray for laborers? Will you pray for the next generation that preach the truth, that preach the word in season, out of season? We see third tonight, the truth cannot be declined. It must be declared, but it will be denied. The truth will be denied. It says in verse three, the time will come. Hey, it's long since come. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Oh, people deny the truth today. People look at the truth and they say, no, that's not, that's not true. It, again, sometimes it makes you laugh the extent that people will be faced right in their face with the truth and say, no, that's not true. It, it's, it's almost laughable, but it's sad. We have the truth today. 1 John 2, 21 and 22, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. There are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true. The other is to refuse to believe what is true. And there's so many today that refuse to believe. And the Bible speaks of this, and we won't go through all these verses here tonight, but there's many passages that look at those that deny the truth. Isaiah 59, none calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. And judgment is turned away backward and justice standeth afar off for truth is fallen in the streets and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth. And he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. In Jeremiah 9, verses 3 through 6, And they bend their tongues like their bow for lies. They are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. They proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me, saith the Lord. Take ye heed every one of his neighbor, and trust ye not in any brother. For every brother will utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slanders. And they will deceive every one his neighbor, and will not speak the truth. Thine habitation is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit they refuse to know me, saith the Lord. It's not new in our day and age, people that refuse to know, people that deny the truth. We look in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. Oh, such... Sad realities we see in this day and age that people turn the truth of God into a lie, that people deny the truth. 
that they turn away, as our text says, they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. They turn from the truth. They turn to what they want to hear. Even people who once stood for the truth, to see people, and I remember my dad would tell me often before I went to college that the youth group he grew up in, it's him and one other guy, they're still living for the Lord. And then I went off to Bible college and I saw what he meant. And to see people that turn to, to liberal theology or turn to different doctrines or even leave the church or people turn and people deny. And what must we do in this day and age when people deny the truth? We see lastly tonight that the truth requires dedication. The truth requires dedication. Look at verse number five. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Here's what Paul's saying. Hey, I'm giving you a charge, Timothy. Christ is coming. He's coming in judgment, Timothy. He'll judge the quick and the dead that is appearing in his kingdom. But hey, preach the word. Don't worry about what the world does, Timothy. Hey, they will deny. They will turn their own way, but preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Hey, make full proof of thy ministry. Stick with it, Timothy. The context. Let's look at chapter number three. Verse 13, it says, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. There it is. They will deny the truth. What does he say? But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Timothy, don't give up. Timothy, if everyone hates you, preach the word. Hey, Timothy, if they want to close your church, stick with it. Timothy, if, if you're the only one, if everyone else turns away, be committed, be dedicated. The truth requires dedication C.S. Lewis said, you never know how much you really believe anything until it's truth or it's falsehood becomes a matter of life and death to you. Hey, I'm thankful for the freedom we've had here in Canada. And the more I grow and the more I learn of our Baptist history and even just the history of our nation, the freedom that we have because of the sacrifices of others. Hey, it's our time to stand for the next generation. Where are your children going to hear the truth unless we stand now? Hey, homeschooling's already kind of illegal in, in Quebec. What's going to happen if that comes to the rest of Canada and you have to, quote unquote, send your kids to indoctrination? What are we going to do then? Are we going to be committed to the truth? Are we going to stand now so our kids can have the truth? Are we going to have solid churches in 10, 15, 20 years if we don't stand on the truth now, if we don't stand on the doctrines of the word of God? Or are we all going to turn, are the next generation going to turn to false doctrines because we didn't stand now? We got to be committed to the truth. As Proverbs 23, 23 says, buy the truth and sell it not. Hey, are you willing to die for the truth? We haven't faced that persecution here, but what if it comes to that? Do we believe it? Are we dedicated? Are we going to declare the truth even if it might mean our life? We think of those in the 1040 window and man, if you want to talk about a place that needs missionaries, why don't we talk about there? And I think they're dedicated to the truth there. And if you hear stories of Christians in these nations, hey, they don't shy away from it. They're so bold over there because of their faith is real. Hey, just becoming a Christian might cost them their life. They're dedicated. What do we see in North America? <sighs> no, I need five more minutes. I'll go to church tonight. Nah, I went door knocking yesterday. I think I'm going to... I'm just going to go get coffee or go golfing today. 
None of these are bad things, but are we committed to the truth? Are we committed to, to the ministry? We want to talk about missions. Hey, missions is bringing the truth. We need missionaries. Hey, declare the truth. But what if, what if it's difficult? Be committed to it. Be dedicated. Stick with it. Mark Twain said, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Are we going to tell the truth? Are we going to stick to the truth of this word and share it around the world? Hey, we need, we need laborers. And I look through scripture and I, man, there's no end of passages you could turn to for the Great Commission, for ministry. We could, we could talk all night and we, we won't. We'll, we'll be wrapping it up right away. You see, it's dangerous when the pastor doesn't give you a time limit. I'm thankful for a church that has a hunger for the word of God. But when it comes down to it, what are we going to do in regards to the truth? You may have heard this quote before, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. We're somewhere in the midst of that cycle. Are we going to be dedicated? What's going to happen in the next generation? And I, I hope there's no one here, but, and I haven't heard anyone personally, but I've heard that in times there's been people, well, you know what, the Lord's returning soon. We don't have time. You know, I would. But God's returning. We don't know when. And I'll share this in closing. One of the, the biggest things that's happened recently that's illustrated to me is the overturning of Roe v. Wade in the States. And praise the Lord for that. And to me, that just illustrated, you never know when it's going to get worse or when maybe the Lord will give us more time. He may come tonight. Hey, as Pastor mentioned this morning, are you ready? Are you ready if he comes tonight? Have you stood on the truth? But if God comes in another 20 years, will he find us faithful? Well, he said, occupy till I come. He didn't say, you know what? Serve until you think it's too late. And then just, I don't know, what would God say? No, he said, be faithful. Hey, on the, on the workforce, do you work until there's five minutes left on the clock and say, uh, it's quitting times in five minutes, I'm just going to sit down for the last five minutes. What's gonna do, what are you going to do if the boss comes around and finds you sitting on the job? Will God come back to find us sitting on the job? Or will we be standing, dedicated to the truth, declaring the truth? until he returns. What would God have you to do tonight for the truth? As the invitation time comes in a moment, will you respond to the truth? Will you dedicate yourself to be involved in sharing the truth with this world? Old or young, it doesn't matter. We all have a part to play in the Great Commission, in reaching souls, in sharing the truth. What will you do? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And Lord, we thank you so much that we have the truth. Lord, and in a day and age when, Lord, so many don't even know what the truth is, thank you that you've given it to us. Thank you for someone that gave us a tract or that witnessed to us. Lord, everyone that's here that has the truth, Lord, thank you that we have it and that we know it and that we know you, the way, the truth, and the life. But Lord, if there are those, even in this room, that don't know, would they respond tonight? Those of us, Lord, that have the truth, that are saved, would you use us in this world to stand for the truth? 
to be more involved in declaring the truth. Lord, if there are decisions that need to be made, Lord, I pray that it would be you speaking to hearts. I can get up and talk as long as I want and be as excited as I want, but if, it, if you're not in it, Lord, Lord, we need you. Would you speak to hearts even now in this invitation that decisions would be made for your honor and glory? His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We'll hand it over to Pastor in just a moment. As we have the invitation, what is God touching in your heart to respond? The truth is important. It's not, a, it's not an optional thing as a Christian to stand for the truth. As the piano begins to play, I challenge you to come forward and to make a decision. Do you need to come forward? No. And I'm struck by the words that I heard someone say recently, if you're not going to come forward in church, you'll, you'll never stand up in the world. Everyone agrees with you here. If you can't come forward to make a decision for Christ in church, when will you do it in the world? So if God speaks to your heart, and if, if God, not if me, but if God speaks to your heart, would you come forward? Would you make a decision? If God, if you feel that call, young people, that maybe God wants you to preach, hey, even if you're unsure of it, would you come talk to pastor later? Would you get some advice and would you see what God has for your life? Serve him to stand for the truth. Pastor.